Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Matthew chapter 13. This is the parable of the sower. And the Lord prompted me. I was going to dive right back into what we had been talking about, life in the spirit and and spiritual matters and spiritual things. And the Lord prompted me and he said, you need to prepare them for what's coming. And I said, well, Lord, I feel like I've been doing that for the last two years. I feel like we've been preparing them for the blessing and the revival and the outpouring and just the awesomeness of what God is getting ready to unload. I feel like our church is on the, let's go, let's run this thing. Those are some bright shoes, my goodness. Those are some shoes that I can step on tonight. I can step on, step on those toes. She's like honing in. It's like a highlighter over there. That's awesome. I, I, they're so bright I had to say something. That's great. This is midweek. We can, we can have some fun at midweek. So the Lord, you know, I, I said, Lord, I feel like I've been preparing for two years, for 24 months. I mean, I, we've just been in preparation mode, I feel like. And he said, no, 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 no. It took me here to Matthew chapter 13, and it said in verse 18, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Have we been preaching the kingdom? Yes, just in case you're wondering. We've been preaching the kingdom. You can answer. That's okay. That wasn't, that wasn't rhetorical. Y'all are like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yes, Pastor Mark, you've been preaching the kingdom. We've been preaching the kingdom, and the wicked one comes and snatches away. Verse 20 says, he who received the seed on the stony ground is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. A great response in service, a great response when it was given. But verse 21 says, yet he has no root, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Verse 22 says, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Choke the what? Don't choke the person. They choke the word. In all three of these instances, we know that there's one more instance where the word becomes fruitful, that it's understood and it's sown in the heart and it's protected and it's guarded and it's not just something that any Uh, enemy or devil can come and snatch but the Lord was telling me you've prepared them for blessing you've prepared them for revival you've prepared them for all the great things I'm gonna do but you haven't yet prepared them for what's gonna come because of the word that was sown and he shows me in three of these instances the the lack of fruitfulness was because something came and snatched choked or devoured what was sown. We know faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But let me give you another version of that. Tribulation comes by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. Persecution comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Trial comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've prepared you for what God wants to do, but we need to talk a little bit about who doesn't want this to happen. And don't think that just because we preach a bold message that the enemy's backing down. He's stupid enough to still come after us even though. He's audacious enough to try you, at least give an attempt to snatch away what's being sown. He will and, and, and maybe already has in, in the last, uh, you know, maybe few months, maybe over the course of while we've really been turning this corner, turning this tide at Anchor Faith Church, maybe you've already experienced some of wickedness, evil, uh, tribulation, persecution. Just know that not everybody's excited about what God is doing. Not just in our church, but in our community and in these last days in general. And there is an enemy that would love to snatch away what's being sown. See, our preparation for end times, it comes with an expectation of what God is going to do. But it also comes with a knowing that there can be attack come. It said, actually, because of the word. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't, we don't put this on our website, and I don't post it on social media, but you coming here tonight makes you dangerous. Puts a bullseye on your back. Sets you up as a target for someone that would love to let you think That going and attending and being in the room and taking notes and highlighting Bible verses is the answer. And make you think that we're going somewhere that maybe we're not if we're not protecting the word and doing something with the word. He would love, the enemy loves, I believe the enemy loves Christians that go through the motions more than the lost people that know that they're far from God. Because which one's more dangerous? One that's already lost or one that is lost but thinks he's been found? The deception and the manipulation that can come with that. So we've got to address some things on both sides. Now, this is not a fear message. This is not to scare you. This is to prepare you. That's one thing, you know, people believe about the book of revelations they don't want to dive into it either because it's confusing or because you know there's some scary stuff in there there's beasts and there's horned things and there's angels with all kinds of you got four different bodies and four different types of animals represented in one being i mean you got some crazy stuff in there and it's stuff that can go that wasn't written to scare you what the you know it's revelation it's called, the book is called Revelation. What's being revealed? Jesus is being revealed. The soon and coming king is being the one that reigns in all the earth. That no matter what you hear and no matter what comes, Jesus even said this. Know this, trial and tribulation will come. But what did he follow, up, follow it up with? Be of good cheer, good countenance, be excited, be happy. Know that I have already overcome the world. 
So there's no attack that it will ever be greater, but you will feel pressure. Now, pressure has gained a poor reputation. People don't like pressure. People don't like to be under something where they have to push back and push through and endure and and fight through and, and press through. But pressure is a great thing. Pressure is awesome. We need to fall in love with pressure in these last days. That's some pressure coming through this microphone right now trying to shut me up. I'm going to press through. No, we're going we're gonna to push back on this pressure. The church is going to be shown strong and mighty, not because there, there is an avoidance of evil, but because we overcome evil. You know, we have the faith that overcomes this world. That's what the Bible tells us. Even our faith. You know that just as he is, so are you in the world. I, I can give you all the encouraging side. I can let you've got to know that we are not approaching tribulation or trial. I mean, you know, it, it happens. I'll minister on finances and you'll start seeing an attack in that area. I'll minister on marriage and love and you'll start seeing an attack in that area. We don't resist attack, we fight back on attack. See, our, you know, that's our, we, we, we've got this idea that if we avoid something, we've done something. I'm not in the habit of avoiding something. I'm going to push right on through this thing. We're going to rip the head off this thing. We're going to kick the teeth in on this thing. We're going to step on the throat of this thing. We're going to cut the head off of this thing. King Saul wanted to avoid battle. King David said, bring it on, and I'll charge at you with the word of God in my mouth. Come on. So we got to have some some resilience. Jesus said this, guys, I didn't give you this verse, but I need you to, to, to pop it in there for me. John chapter 15, verse 18. John chapter 15, verse 18. We can be prepared for blessing, but we can still remain ill-prepared for what may come on the other side of it. And so we need to be prepared, need to be developed, need to be ready. The Bible has much to say about being on guard, standing, being watchful for your adversary. The, the lion ro- roars around, right? Roams around like a roaring lion seeking who, that doesn't mean that he is a lion. He roams around as a lion, right? Got to understand these principles. There's a lot of Christians that are afraid of the devil, fearful of demonic talk and demonic activity and things in the spiritual world, and we just ought not be. Just ought not to be that way. We ought to be bold as a lion. We serve the Lion of Judah. So we've got to have some tenacity about this thing. John chapter 15, verse 18, Jesus said, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, 
because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoke to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. What we have to understand about the word of God, when the word of God's communicated, when the word of God is brought forth, and when the word of God is demonstrated, it moves people to a, dis- to a decision. And in these last days, what we're going to see is we're going to see points of decision making start popping up everywhere. It's going to be undeniable, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. It's going to be undeniable, the God that we serve. It's going to be, un- they, 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 can, they can disclaim it all they want. They can, they, they can say it's counterfeit. They can say it's fake. They can say it's craziness. They, they can say whatever they want. They did it to Jesus. Jesus is saying, if they did it to me, they'll do it to you. They did not, they killed him, by the way. And it was the religious people that killed him. That's where the persecution came from. The lost came flooding in saying, this is what we've been looking for. The religious ones were the ones that said, we don't want nothing to do with that. Okay? But know this, that when the gospel is preached and the gospel is manifest, the gospel is demonstrated, the gospel is put on the pedestal that it's getting ready to be in these last days. And I believe that this last day revival is going to be an accumulation of all the ones that we've experienced to this point it's going to be a totality of it all. It's going to have a little bit of everything. So it's going to be the kingdom of God on display. That's what we're getting ready to see. What that does is it moves people to a decision. God does not manifest his presence just to show off. God does not manifest his glory just to look what I can do. He manifests his glory to move people to a decision to commit to a life in the kingdom of God. To, to put away your ways, to put away the world ways, to put away the natural things, and to go hard after the kingdom of God. And I believe many will. I believe many will flood. But what's going to happen is, and we're seeing this now, people can't ride the fence anymore. They will have to pick a side. They will have to pick a side. They will not merely be able to say, uh, you just keep doing that. I don't want to. They, they will take a hard position against what's happening. They did it with Jesus. And when he returns, I believe it's going to be the same posture again. It's going to be those hard again. It's not, well, I don't really believe in that. No, it's going to be, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. And you're crazy. And I'm going to call you out and I'm going to. Preparation. Thank God for the, I mean, and, and, and look, this happened in the book of Acts. The church was not born out of this love for church and this love for God. You, you know what the book of Acts is marked with? Bloodshed. 
that Jesus was the first crucifixion of many crucifixions that took place. You're talking wives being widowed left and right. They're hanging them up by the 50s, by the hundreds. They're not playing around. I'm not saying we'll, we'll, we'll see it in that way, but there will be a point of decision making. Because that's what happens with, with miracle signs and wonders. You've got to make a decision now. You can't ride the fence anymore. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. You can't play the middleman. You can't. You have to get all the way into this thing and say, that is the kingdom of God and I want to be a part of that. Or you have to take a hard position against it and try to stop it. And could we possibly see the greatest thrust, you know, uh, that this world has ever seen as far as trying to stop the kingdom of God. It we cannot be stopped. It's, a, it's an unshakable kingdom. There's nothing anybody can do. Remind you of that. Put that disclaimer out. But could we see? And the, 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 the question is, is are, we, are we prepared? Are we ready to take a stand for the kingdom of God? And it'll move us to a point of decision. It will. I'm not trying to be negative Nancy tonight. I'm not trying to be, you know, this is, this, this is the glory of God being revealed. It's going to be awesome. But, but there might, you know, Jesus said, what I'm bringing, I'm bringing a sword. The prince of peace <laughs> is bringing a sword. And he said, let me tell you where I'm dividing, in the same house. Mother against daughter. Father, that means it's leaving no stone unturned. The, the value of relationship and, and the value of how long you've known somebody, even the value of bloodline will not be a thing you can stand on. You will, you will have two people of the same DNA. One will decide, I'm all in for the kingdom. One will decide, I don't want anything to do with it. And they'll be in the same house. That doesn't mean we go look for this stuff, but I'm just letting you know, persecution and tribulation arises because of the word. Now at Anchor Faith Church, and I could just speak to our church, I know the word I'm bringing. I know the word that I'm preaching. I know what we are speaking, and, and not everybody is. I don't say that in a prideful manner or arrogant manner of we got something no one. This, this is revelation anybody could get a hold of. But God has charged us with a mandate and a mission for such a time as this, for this community, for this area, that we're not playing games and we're not just going through church as we normally would or as what you know people think they're doing and just checking off a box. We are here with an assignment. We're here with a mission. And, and, and it, it's, it's pretty dogged. It's pretty dogmatic. It's pretty bold. It's pretty tenacious. And I realize that. I realize that. And so it, 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 is, it is my job and my assignment as well to prepare the hearer to let you know what you hear you become responsible for. That's really what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 13. The parable of the sower is really a, a parable of responsibility. And I'll show you in Mark chapter 4 the same story, but this is how he concludes it in Mark chapter 4. Uh, verse 24, I want to read it out of the Amplified Version. This is the parable of the sower. It's just a different account. Mark 4 is the same as Matthew chapter 13. 
If we really understand the parable of the sower, it's not just about sowing the word and, 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 and growing and bearing fruit. What he's saying is there's a, respons- there's a measure of responsibility here. And he says it this way in verse 24. Then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, that is to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom. It will be measured to you. And you will be given even greater ability to respond. You know what responsibility is? The ability to respond. That's what responsibility is. The ability to respond. And more will be given to you besides Whoever has a teachable heart to him, more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. You need to know that the seed sown. I mean, for those of you that just attended our Kingdom Rise weekend, the the, the past Friday and Saturday. I mean, I could hardly even sleep. I got revelation myself of the kingdom and then our position and place in the kingdom. They're online. If you happen to miss, get online and, and, and listen to it. But, you know, I, I'm thinking I might need to start putting a disclaimer on all of our podcasts. You will be held responsible for the content that is within this podcast. That's what Mark 4, 24 says. To the measure that's given... That measure is going to be required. It's going to be, be required of us. Now, I, I, I can't listen to a message like that. I can't hear a message on that level and, and a message with that level of revelation and let that revelation get in my spirit. Now, not everybody gets the revelation in their spirit, but you got to get the revelation in your spirit. You got to get the revelation in your spirit. Once the revelation hits your spirit, now it's like, I got to live up here. I can't live down here anymore. I got to know that I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and where the head is, the body is. So the church can't, you cannot listen to a message that we ministered last week and tolerate sickness and disease anymore. You see what I'm saying? Because then we're going to stand before Jesus and he's going to say, I measured to you my word on healing in your position seated in heavenly places. All things are beneath your feet. Remember, we read that, Ephesians chapter one. So why are you putting up with this now? I measure to you. Now here's the measure coming back. And the master expects some fruit. Just go read the parable of the talents. I mean, that, that was a master that gave them Five talents, two talents, one talent. And they weren't expected to give what they, to return back what somebody else produced. If you were given five, then you're expected to produce five. If you're given two, you weren't expected to produce five. You're expected to produce two. The measure that you get is the measure that's going to be required, the ability to respond with. He wasn't asking. He, he, he didn't throw out that wicked, lazy servant because he didn't produce five. Didn't produce four, didn't produce ten. Threw them out because he buried what was 
given to him. That was someone that didn't meet the responsibility required of what was invested and sown. If the sowing is taking place, there will be a requirement of a harvest. Otherwise, you're not a very good farmer. (laughs) And in a farming community, I don't know any farmer in this area that's just throwing and scattering seed with no demand of an investment and demand of a crop, and they are disappointed when they don't get it. They tell me about it, but I pray with them about it, and I pray over their crops with them. We've got cotton farmers in our church. We've got pecan farmers in our church. We've got all kinds of crops and things being grown in this area, and there's, a, there's an expectation in due season. In due season, there's an expectation of what's sown. So guess what? Jesus has a right to make a demand and make a requirement on what's being sown and to the degree that it's sown. He just does. I'm not saying this to run you off and say, well, I guess I better go find a weaker church so I'm not required. No, you want to meet that requirement. You want to meet that demand. Hey, I'll say it. I'll just say it. You know I'll just say it. Come on now. Knowledge and revelation is is too valuable to me in both receiving it and giving it. It is. And the crowd doesn't move me. The number of people, the the receptivity, it, it, it doesn't move me. If Mr. Keith was the only one that showed up tonight, I'm going to preach like he's like the room's full. It don't matter to me. I can tell you right now, Friday and Saturday, I felt the demand. I texted Pastor Earl. I just typed W-H-E-W. I said, whew. He was like, what's up? I said, kingdom rise. And he goes, oh, boy. I said, it was pulled on. It was pulled out. So now Jesus says, I know what I put in. I know what I get to pull out. Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I just want to make sure we're, we're, we're ready. We're prepared. The provision's going to be great. The manifestations are going to be great. The, the miracles and the signs and wonders. But, but are you prepared for doubters? Are you prepared for unbelievers? Are you prepared for ridiculing? Are you prepared for, oh, we made t-shirts, and we'll make more of them if we need to, that say, I go to that church. We made them, and they're out there, and you can wear it, and you can wear it around town. And be like, oh, you go to that church? I go to that church we're not exalting the church we're exalting the king but he has no problem lifting up the work and the ministry and 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 the ones that attach themselves to the kingdom mission and the kingdom purpose and saying this is where you want to be that's what i'm doing that's they've yielded completely to me he has no problem doing that he did it in he did it in the bible Jesus loves the local church, so much so that he wrote seven letters to them in the book of Revelation. So much so that he highlighted 
the church here and the church there and the church at this place and the church at that place. He loves the local church. He loves what's happening. Yes, we love the universal, the capital C church or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, the, the, the church global, the church worldwide, the church as a whole. But there, there is a, a, a mission and assignment given to local churches. And they're not all repetitive and they're not all copies of one another. There is a specific man. Someone just the other day, I was at a, a, a coffee shop here in town and uh, uh, talked to someone briefly and, and, and they you know, he, he just asked me right there, has you ever thought about doing this? And I just looked at him and I said, no. I'm not going to chase someone else's mission. If the Lord's laid that on your heart, then you do it. It was some type of conference. And look, we need it. I'm not denying we need it. I just know where God's called me to be. I just know what my lane is. I know, and, and I, the anointing and the, and the, and the gift and the, 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 the growth is only if I remain in what he's called me to do. And so I just kindly, I said, no, you know, we, we haven't. Not at this time. It's not impressed on my heart. Now, sometimes people will say things, and it's like what my pastor calls it, it'll make your baby jump. Like, it just stirs something. It's like, mm, yeah, we do. We need to do that. But, you know, I, I learned early on, you're going to say no more than you're going to say yes. And we're just going to be laser focused about this thing. And we're just going to drive this kingdom message, this kingdom work. Because I think we were talking, I think that's how it came up is, you know, he'd come up about our Kingdom Rise conference, what we were doing. He said, you ever thought about doing this conference? I said, no. No. But let me know if you do. Man, I'd love to know how we can partner or be a, be a part of what you're doing. And we'll celebrate you. And we'll, well, I'll encourage, hey, so-and-so's doing this. You want to be a part? You want to attend? But but doesn't mean I have to have my hand in it. And I've got to be focused with what God has assigned to Anchor Faith Church. I'm going to stand before him for this. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day day. Right there, I want to stop and just highlight the fact, make sure your inward man is being renewed day by day. In these last days, in these moments, and what we're engaging in, if your inward man is deteriorating, if your inward man is deficient of nutrients and, and the word and, and being encouraged and being built up, and, and I'm going to go even a step further, being among like-minded believers. If you are deficient in that area, you will not be able to stand the test. The inward man. That's why we're giving focus to the spiritual matters. Because he's saying, look, I, I don't want an outward man that is strong and healthy and whole, although, of course, I do, not at the expense of my inward man. He, go, he, he gives a very big disclaimer. Our inward man is being renewed day by day. The question is, is it? Are we giving that emphasis? Are we giving that focus? Are we making sure we're staying built up in the word? Come on, if you're going to have a resistance about you, you're going to have to have a strength to resist. You know, that, that word, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. That word stand is actually the word withstand. Withstand means something is opposing. Something's coming against. Something's challenging. Something's confronting. 
We've already learned that the enemy comes to steal and to snatch away what was sown. And even if it gets sown and you rejoice and you highlight and you circle and you underline and you talk about how great that was, he will still come up tomorrow and try to choke it out. Persecutions will arise. And then if he can't get persecutions to arise, he'll get your own lust and your own passions to get in the way. Cares of the world, riches, all these things. Fame, power. I mean, how many ministers have we seen fall, not because of opposition on the outside, but because their lack of position on the inside? They couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. Kenneth E. Hagin called it the gold, the girls, and the glory. Those are three things that take ministers out. Either immorality, financial uh, 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 not handling finances properly, stewarding it well, or the glory, the fame, the notoriety. We've got way too much social media pastors going on, trying to look apart, trying to look an image, trying to sound, you know, it, it just, it, it, it's a mess, guys. We have to stay with what is going to help us withstand in the last days. There's no way you're going to stand in the, in the, stand in the last days if you're counting likes and counting followers and how much did we gain and, and, and how, what's our reach. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I get asked, you know, quite a bit about our live stream or lack thereof. And I actually watched a video and, 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 this individual said what I've been trying to say. He, he said, uh, you know, and again, it's not that it's bad. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not for us. We're not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I don't need to do it. Well, you, you could reach this country. You could reach these states. You could, they're not watching. They're not watching, guys. They're not. I know you are. That's why you're in the room, but they're not. And, and it, it says, Total plays, you know, 546,000, but count the minutes. Are they actually watching it through to the end? If I did, I'd put like a code word at the end of the video, and then they'd have to email back what that code word is. <laughs> you'd have to watch it all the way through. The code word is Apple. Email us tomorrow. Let us know you watched it all the way to the end. I heard of a guy that the Zoom meetings and if they couldn't attend they'd record it but he would put the because he, he needed to know that they were and, and, and fortune 500 makes sure that they watch it through to the end so this individual said you know in these in, in these times the church is already over consumed it's already built toward the consumer not the contributor it's already built to what can I get? How, how long can I be? You know, it's already built to my preference. And so by putting it in a live stream, we, we just take it one more notch down that, that I don't have to go and be a part. I could just sit back here. And again, is there a benefit that if you can't be there? I mean, I had people, you know, out, you know, we've had people out as past services and they had, you know, could you make an exception? No. Because it'll, the, the, the next best thing, and I told someone this the other day, I said, you know, really I like the fact that we do audio because it still leaves a little bit. Like it's, you can get the word, but it's not the same. Right? Whereas, you know, 
watching a video gets you a little closer to what everybody else in the room is experiencing. And then live streaming it, it's as if we're there, but you're not. Where did you serve that morning? Who did you help? Who did you pray with? Who did you bless that morning? So there's just something about corporate gatherings. There's just something about being here and and the anointing being here that we want to be a part of. So we've got to make sure we're renewing our inner man. I mean, he, he says our inward man is being renewed day to day. The first phrase of that is we do not lose heart. So I wonder if we're not renewing the inner man, are we losing heart? Is that what's causing the lack of passion? Is that what's causing the burnout that we experience? I just don't feel like it's for me anymore. I just don't feel like it's my place. I just don't feel like I'm getting anything. How are you renewing your inner man day by day, daily? We at least first need to make sure I'm renewing my inner man day by day. Well, I missed two days this week being in the Word. Okay, then I can't, I can't blame it on somebody else if I'm losing heart, losing passion. I didn't renew my... Let's get back to renewing our inner man day by day, and let's see how hot and on fire we are. We do not lose heart. Verse 17 says, for our light affliction which is but for a moment. So the next thing he does is he puts it in perspective. You know, in church, Christians, we love the words like always, everyone, everything, all the time. And, and, and I, I think it's funny that Paul's the one giving us perspective on persecution when he, he probably, in, you know, next to Jesus Go read his resume. It's awful. It's like, Paul, nobody liked you, man. Like, why do you have so many enemies? Why is everybody trying to beat you up? Why are they killing you? Like, what, are you just taking people off? Do you not have any tact when you talk to people? Like, you know, what, what is the issue here, man? Golly, what a road. Shipwrecked and left for dead and beat this many times. And, 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 And then, you know, at the end of it, he says, and then on top of that, my care for the saints, my care for the churches. You know, it's like, you know, just pile it on. But he's the one giving us perspective on persecution. So first, I got to make sure I'm renewing myself inwardly, day by day. Then I got to keep proper perspective. You know what? You know, I, I remember, I think it was the prophet Elijah. Nobody's following. Nobody cares. I'm the only one. And what did God say? I got seven thousand. I got a remnant of seven thousand. You don't. You're not the only one. You kidding me? Gives them perspective. Like, oh wow, I'm not all by myself. Make you feel lonely. I saw someone share that the other day. That you know the answering the call of God, and we usually talk about the excitement and the joy and the passion and and man being in the will of God. But but there was like five things that no one talked about. One of them was loneliness. But let's, let's keep our persecution in perspective. He's still on the throne. He still reigns. He's endured far more than we'll ever endure. He said, if they're hating you, look, they've already hated me. They hated me first. Jesus is saying, me first. He's saying, your persecution will never override the persecution I experienced. 
And at the end of the day, my word's still going forth. The gospel's still advancing. The kingdom's still growing. We're still getting the job done. Keep it in perspective, he says. He says, it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So the third thing he does is he keeps us future focused. Keeps us, the enemy wants us live, living presently day by day in the sense that we don't think about what we're obtaining to and what we're heading towards and the glory that awaits us. The enemy wants to th- th- just keep you in this box of this is how it's always going to be and, and everything that's happening in this moment. But he says, man, this is working for you a far more exceeding glory. This, this is actually working to your benefit, he's saying. What you're enduring, what you're going through, what, 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 you're, what you're persevering toward, man, there's something great on the other side. Keep going. Keep driving on. I love when Paul encouraged the churches. I love when he was encouraging them to stay in the fight. Don't give in. I mean, the book of Hebrews is just full of encouragement in Hebrews chapter 11, the, 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 the hall of faith that we call it, the faith chapter. And then if he, in, in chapter 12, he starts off, there's a great cloud of witnesses. Those that have gone on, those that have fought, those that have stood, now they're applauding you, cheering. Don't give in. Keep your eyes set on the prize. Look to, the, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Paul is always trying to encourage and trying to push us toward, man, stay in the fight. Keep going. We need you. We need you. Then verse 18, the verse we all know. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I want to read this whole passage in the Amplified. Therefore, We do not become discouraged, spiritless, disappointed. Here it is, afraid. Guys, listen, we cannot tolerate fear in these last days. Any measure of it. Any measure of it. We cannot tolerate it. You're going to have to resist fear, refuse fear, even in its smallest form. Though our outer self is progressively wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. For our momentary light distress, this passing trouble is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, a fullness beyond all measure, surpassing all comparisons, a transcendent splendor, and an endless blessedness. So we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting, but the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. The word 
uh, temporary or momentary here. It means subject to change. And that, that, that phrase just stands out to me. I, I highlight that here a lot. That subject to change, meaning. Subject means it's, it's submitted to change. And you and I are the change factors. You and I are literally the change components. We've got to stop walking into things and complaining about the way that it is, recognizing that you are the very one containing the capacity to change whatever is out of alignment, whatever is broken, whatever systems are there that are against the godly systems and the kingdom systems. That's literally why you showed up in the planet. What a privilege and honor it is to live in the days we're living in. I'm serious. What an honor. You could have picked anybody, and you picked me. You need to have that tenacity and boldness and and confidence within yourself. You picked me to face this issue. You picked me to go into this culture. You picked me to be their mom. You picked me to be the CEO. You picked me to run this. You picked me to serve them. You picked me to walk in and literally be agents of change wherever you go. The fact that it needs to change means it's broken when you showed up. The promised land has giants. Slay them. The promised land is not empty. We have to remove darkness, destroy the works of the devil, and bring the kingdom of light into everywhere we go. So will you stand with me? Not not stand up right now. (laughs) Sit down. As soon as it's left my mouth, like they're all standing up. I mean, unless you just feel that, like you want to, but I mean... You can stand physically with me, but I want you to stand spiritually with me. I want you to stand with this mission, stand with this assignment at whatever cost, at whatever comes, at whatever may dismay, whatever may try to stop you. And we're going to be here to minister. We're going to, hear, we're going to be here to make sure your inner man is renewed day by day. But recognize that what we're charging into, there are some areas, there are some entities, both spiritually and physically, that do not want what we are about to engage in. But it's not stopping us. We're going to go in, march in, enter in, and see his kingdom come. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.